Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change. Thirty years ago, a group of friends came together to network, have fellowship, and enjoy life. They didn't intend to break barriers, but they did, by doing community work through entertaining. They called themselves the Billionaire Boys Club. Our guest today, our founding and long-standing member of the Billionaire Boys Club, Robert Tate, and the only female member of a club, June Washington Bass. The BBC primarily wanted to make sure that everyone had a good time and met new people. According to Tate, we never knew we were doing anything special. All we wanted to do was entertain the community. I now realize that we were activists in a different kind of way. Our way was to bring people together and network with community organizations. In 1996, the BBC, in collaboration with numerous LGBTQ organizations, including the Men of Color Motivation Group, Caribou House, and Ladies of a Current Affair, started Hotter Than July, Metro Detroit's annual celebration of gay pride for the African-American LGBTQ community. Hotter Than July is one of the oldest black gay pride celebrations in the Midwest and takes place the last weekend of each July every year. Tate is a Detroit native who grew up in the Cultural Center and graduated from Northern High School. He came out in the 1970s. He's always enjoyed entertaining. His Christmas parties at his home in the Boston Edison Historic District were legendary. Robert would start decorating for Christmas in October, and by the time the holiday came around, he'd have 15 to 25 decorated Christmas trees in his house. Washington began as a guest to the monthly dinner, then went on to host dinners and parties. She often used members from the community, sometimes her fellow BBC members, to cater her parties and dinners. When the BBC stepped up its activities in the community, she was asked to be a member. As for being the only woman in the boys' club, Washington said the name never bothered her. Everyone was welcome. She adds that the fellowship and camaraderie in the BBC built friendships that have lasted to this day. This year, as the BBC is celebrating its 30th anniversary, They will host the official anniversary party on Friday, July 28th, then take over hosting duties for the Hotter Than July brunch on Sunday, July 30th. Tate says, I now realize that I am an activist in a different kind of way. My way is to bring people together and network with community organizations. Entertainment and community are different now, 
but they can be brought back together with the same flavor, but for a different era. June and Robert, welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you. How are you both doing? Well, uh, this is Robert. I'm I'm just doing fantastic. <laughs> it's just such a pleasure to be uh, yeah, on your show. And I'm doing we, wonderful. I'm still breaking barriers. <laughs> so it is wonderful. My life has been wonderful, and I'm just having a fantastic time sitting here with you and June. June, you are, this is a really pleasant surprise to have you on. It's a surprise to me, too. (laughs) 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 It was just, Robert, Robert's just one in a million, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. he mentioned to me that he was going to be talking to you, and he and I was just talking about all the different events and everything that he has done from the beginning, and and he mentioned that, you know, he's got to be on the show, and we started talking about all the different places and things that they've done. So he invited me to come on the show for a few minutes. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. You know, I think that it's really important, particularly that people know our history and that, that we have been doing things. I mean, I was in Chicago, and they were talking about, someone was talking about Ruth Ellis, and I was saying mm-hmm. and the film about her and how even way far back then that members of the gay community, we had gatherings and we had this since 30 years. I mean, 30 years. I mean, that's just like to me incredible. Um, you said you started as just a group of friends starting to have a dinner club. Yeah. How did, uh, how did you guys all meet? Well, uh, it was uh, through a buddy of ours, Brian uh, Byron Cone. He's passed on now, but he had the idea of doing a dinner club. And uh, so we met at his house the first time. It was about five of us. And we thought it was such a fantastic idea. And so how we recruited each one of the members, the five who got invited their friends, and their friends that got involved and wanted to take part of it, and that's how we formed. We were never all close, good friends. We just met during that one year having the dinners, and it was uh, been fantastic. It, uh, and so that's how we reached uh, out to a lot of the different people in the community because we all had different friends. Now, June, were you part of that first group of five? No, no. I I didn't come in until, uh, I believe, like 1992, around then, because that's when the BBC was a part. I was the first African-American co-chair of the HRC dinner, 93, and the BBC was also a part of that with me. So I, I didn't come into the club until 90, around 92. So, Robert, you, were, you said that you, you weren't really a close group. You were just like people who sort of, and then you went and you asked somebody. It's almost like each one bring one, right? Uh, no, each, uh, well, when we had at our house, you could invite as many guests as you want. That was your dinner. 
So some had small dinners, some had big dinners. But it's whatever you wanted to do. And so they would, he would invite their friends, and so the club would come meet all of his friends. And that's how it would, uh, we reached so many people. Did you, did you ever worry about somebody like, like saying, like, well, so-and-so is going to invite people over there, but you know they can't cook or they don't know how to put on a dinner? I mean, or did you just sort of like have faith that, that this was going to like turn out okay? Well, I guess we went on faith because <laughs> I'm one of the members that never have cooked a dinner. I I've also always <laughs> had it done. <laughs> so everybody couldn't cook, and I was uh, one of them. But it was just getting together uh, what made it so much fun because we knew we were going to meet new people. So, Jim, you said you uh, were one of the ones who didn't cook, too? (laughs) Absolutely. And believe me, whenever I had a dinner, uh, we actually had a dinner for Debbie Stavinoff here, a fundraiser. I just hired my own BBC guys to cater it Mm -hmm. for me. They're the Mm -hmm. best cooks. So that, Mm -hmm. that they were my cooks. Mm-hmm. Robert, when you're talking about when you started like 30 years ago, was that like a, a safe, like a, you were building community, but was that like a safe way? I mean, other than like, you know, often like some people go to the clubs, but you don't always want to go to the club. I mean, and sometimes you just want to be able to meet people um, in a, a relaxed setting where you can sit and talk and do anything and get to know each other. Was that sort of also the ideal as an alternative to going to clubs where, you know, maybe everybody wasn't out? No. uh, When we were uh, doing things back then, we wanted to entertain uh, the people. We thought uh, we would do something different, and that would excite the uh, community to come out and see what's going on because they had never partied at this place or partied at that place before. So uh, like June has said, we have uh, broke a lot of barriers here in the city over the 30 years because we have been to... uh, Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, what are are some of the most memorable events that you felt really like broke a barrier? Uh, June, why don't you take that? Oh, you mean the the list? places that um, yeah, that you thought that was just like really memorable and where you went, you know. Because it really everyone was memorable. Because mm-hmm. everyone was different. When we was at the summit, that was just unbelievable. We had never had a, a gay affair on at the summit, especially the black community. So Doing things like that excited us. And when we said guests enjoy themselves, it was successful. Also, so many events were done at the, the university club. You did events at the Art Institute, Top of the Punch, the Renaissance Club that itself, and the castle. Mm. Robert mentioned the St. Regent's Hotel Someplace called Jimmy's on yeah, stage and Backstreet. That's just, mm. that's, and Sinbad. That's just mm. a few of the places. So, 
Was it, you know, because we all know like the HRC dinner, I mean, that's where, you know, everybody gets all dressed up and go and goes to it. Were your dinners, did that sort of like have that for like the African-American community, that these were the special events that people look forward to? Robert, let me answer that, and then Robert can answer that. I was invited to one of his events, one of their events through the very first two women that were members, they, they no longer live here, and it was Cassandra. And I'd heard about the event because they would have a three-day event. The first event, the first day was a casual dressing. The second day was a very elegant, upscale event at all these different places that I, I mentioned. And then the third day was the brunch. And those, and they were all kind of private. You, you had to be invited to or know, or know about it because I didn't know anything about these guys until I was invited to these events. So it was different because no one else, no one else did anything like that. No mm-hmm. one else. Now, you just mentioned like the, the women who invited you, but when people talk about the Billionaires Boys Club from a historic, you know, historically, it's like it was only June. But there were other women there all along. I mean, who who weren't members? Yeah, they, like... were, they were not there from the very beginning. I mm-hmm. uh, they were invited. In, I I believe uh, Robert would have to tell you about that. And I I believe one of them was invited through another friend years after the the Billionaires Boys Club had established themselves. And with her with her partner, she you know she came to the events. And again, like Robert said when each of them would have their own private dinner, they were allowed to invite other friends. So it was only invitation only. And that's kind of mm-hmm. like how you met the guys, how you were invited to their events. Yes, that, that's wait, wait, true. Where, where did the name come from? Well, uh, one uh, evening, uh, one of the club members was sitting over in uh, – my backyard, and we was trying to come up with names and everything. And he popped up and said, the Billionaire Boys Club. And it had such a good ring. We said, well, that's what it would be. And so we asked all the other people uh, what did they think about it, and they thought it was uh, very catchy. And so that's how we got it, just in Darling having cocktails on a summer evening. And it happened. Now, were the dinners like throughout the year, or were they at Christmas? It it was originally 15 members, but it was two couples. So we had 11 dinners one month off. Hmm. And and that's when we would do the anniversary. Mm-hmm. And that's and we've done it like every year, and but really not knowing back then what we was doing, we was just entertaining, having a good time, not realizing history was being made. So when I look back and see that, that that's amazing. So, but when when uh. Cassandra and uh, Tony moved out of the uh, state. June was out there doing the work 
because she was a very known person in the community. I tell her all the time I want to uh, pull on her coattail because she was going places. <laughs> and so I thought she would be a fantastic uh, member, and which she did, and she, because she knew the uh, Mm-hmm. And we knew the guys, and we always wanted to have a mixed flavor. And it was always a mixed flavor, and everybody enjoyed themselves. As many of females as it was male. Mm-hmm. The pictures are almost iconic, where they had all the guys and June sitting up there in the middle. I mean, it's just like such a a great vibe when you see it, you know, that it, that it says something like, this was something special to be a part of. Oh, it is. And I, and I was very honored that the Robert, uh, that they invited me to, to be a member. I was really surprised. And it is an honor. Believe me, I, I have a great time with them. I do feel special. <laughs> oh, she's special. <laughs> well, did, did, you, did you ever, were you ever tempted to say, okay, well, what about this, 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 this name, you know? or say the BBC plus one, or, or did you, you know, did you ever have a conversation about that? Or it was just like you were happy that, I mean, you were just one of the, one of the BBC. I've never had a problem with the name. I was just one of the BBC because I know that the community knew who I was and the things that I had done. So I, I didn't, they didn't need to change their name, you know, at all. I had no problem with their name. And I really, with you saying that, I just really never thought about it, you know. It it was just a name. I never thought about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Never thought about, you know, just because she was a woman, uh, the change, it was just a name. And she was part of it. Yeah, just part of it. No, I mean, I I think it's great that you didn't change your name because it, it was just something about it. And, and when you hear people talk about it, it, it was. It was like something that was, that was a really special membership. Do you see that as our, our community has, I mean, I mean, we're more out and we're more doing this and that, but do you, do you see that, that that special niche that the BBC offered, where you came together and you had these these dinners and you networked and you also invited other people and got to know them. Do you see that 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 has sort of like faded away? No, I because uh, men of color joined in with us. They asked to have a picnic, and from that point on. It became hotter than July. And I look at that at so much have came out of men of color and it still exists today. So I don't think we are fading. We have just grown beyond our expectations from back then. Because I just think it's uh they I, I just think it was nice with them asking to do the hot in July picnic, and the ball has been rolling ever since. What do you think, June? Oh, that uh, that it's faded away? That that, that sense of, you know, like our community is bigger. I mean, we know 
there's more people who are out and about, but to have that that sort of a closeness to develop something like that, that that a club where it's more like than a club, it was like a network and relationships came out of it, and that supportive, um, really like that, that you hear many people now talk about, you know, Robert said that they were building community through activism, but uh, I mean that was their that was being an activist that you were building community, but you were doing it through entertaining. Where now it's like you have a lot many people who are like like you know you always have something political to say or you've got to be ready to march or do this and that. But there is something about building community through entertaining. Do you see? I don't see as many people doing that. You know, people are so busy with their lives. Do you think that? Is there something out there that's comparable to what BBC gave you when you got involved and you met this group of people? No, no, there's nothing like that out there anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing like that out there as far as, you know, um, the events that I was giving, you know, as as well. As, you know, as Robert said and you just said, it's just a whole different community of events going on and most of the time it is it's not personable anymore it's more political and like you and activism and and uh to me it's 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 not that it's not that much fun anymore mm-hmm. to be out there when whenever i would go believe me to the bbc events or the, the events that i was at it was just all laughter and fun and dancing and just communicating and, and just networking, having fun. It, it it was not all this serious political and things with what's going on now. So it, it my answer is that it's nothing like that out there anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, sometimes I wish that there were things like that because sometimes, you know, you just want to be able to relax and laugh. And, you know, it's almost like to step away from all of that and have that, that moment where you can be like, having fun and meeting people and, and enjoying life and, and enjoying life, you know, enjoying life as being LGBT people, you know, where, where, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think that that's the thing that, that was to me is just like was so great about it. And I think that sometimes that's why I'm happy that there's going to be this 30th anniversary and to acknowledge and celebrate it because sometimes particularly for younger people who ha- who didn't see that or didn't experience anything like that, they need to know that, you know, hey, this happened, and this is how, this is something else that we can do other than, you know, some people stay at home. It's either like go to the clubs or I don't want to go and, and rally, so I stay at home. But to be able to network and to have fellowship, and I think that that's right. really part of what it is, too. It's, it's a fellowship with people, you I know, agree. like-minded Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. That, that, that's true. But um, as we got older, our entertaining changed. And it's really a treat to go to a a nice cocktail party or reception because we don't get out as often as we did when we were younger. Now, I say Mm that younger people, they're partying in their own way. I may not understand it. But yeah. they're having fun, just like we have. Uh, we have mm-hmm. 
So we just mm-hmm. entertain in a different way now, and we miss it because it's not a lot of it going on today. Right. Now, I know you said that you only did, I mean, in fact, you might remember the name of the club, June, that Robert and I were talking earlier, and he said that all of the events were in Detroit, except there was one time at a place in Ferndale, and he and I can both visualize the place, but we couldn't think of the name of it. It was right. on the corner. corner. A nine mile, a nine mile mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh It was also, I gave it an event also, it was called Cobalt. And it was on Woodworth in Ferndale. That was yeah, I, I, I think that's the birthday club. party. It changed uh, names several it times. Changed, yeah, it changed names several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that intentional to only do them in Detroit, not to, because, you know, as uh, people move out further and further, was it intentional to do them in Detroit? Yes, it was very intentional. We were uh, proud of our city back 30 years ago like we are today. And uh, we wanted to support the city in our own way. And so that's how come we've done everything in the city. Because I know that there are, are, you know, did you have people come in from other places? I know there's that pipeline between, I go back and forth to Chicago a lot. Was there, did you have people come in from other cities or after they moved away from Detroit, did they come back for those? Oh, oh yes, they had. Uh, we had people coming from all over. They had heard about our anniversary, and they came from all over. Every year, that's why uh, men of color wanted to uh, join in and have this picnic because we had the uh, crowd, you know, coming from around. And so, yeah, they came from far and few. Mm-hmm. Now, now, June, I know that we only have you for a short time, and I'm going to uh, pick Robert's brain a little bit, but what was your most memorable event, and what, are your, what do you remember about BBC that if you were to talk to, like, a younger group of LGBTQ kids or young adults, and if they said, like, you know, well, what was Detroit like? What was that, what was that role in the LGBTQ community's development that BBC played. What would you tell them about the organization and what you got out of it and, and the, the feeling? Hmm. That would be a book. <laughs> I, I, actually, you know, I, I just I felt that it was always a safe place, a safe space to be around them wherever they had an event. Uh, even when we, we traveled, we, it was always safe. You know, part of the reason why I answered, I had talked to um, Dr. Debrea Rodson, and she was saying that she went, um, she was talking to some young lesbians, and they were like, you know, well, telling them about relationships and that there were people who had had relationships, and they were like, well, how come we don't know about these people? And... So she went back to some of her friends who said, you know, like, we should tell them about, you know, what we've done and, and how we've lived and how we've had relationships and been there. And, you know, that was just, like, amazing to her that, you know, that they were, many of them were like, well, how, you should have been more vocal about what, what you did and so that we knew and now we're, like, reinventing the wheel. Do you ever feel like there's a place that maybe 
particularly being the only woman who was there, being a, an, uh, an out lesbian who, I mean, like you said, you were doing things. You weren't, you know, you were out there, you were doing things, you were recognized. Here you were part of this organization. Is there, ever, is there a message that you would want to say to the lesbian community, the young adults, the boomers, those who are there now, in, who could be in that, a similar role or what message they should be doing for the next generation to look at? Well, I think they're, I really think that they're, they're doing it. They, mm-hmm. they are doing amazing work. You know, they're out there, as Robert said, they're, they're very out there spoken. They're being heard. And um, I'm proud of them. I mean, really. They're already doing it. There's nothing more that I could say to them or, or teach them, you know. I, mm-hmm. they're, they're already they're doing it. Yeah. As far as knowing, you know, anything that what I've done in the past, uh, if somebody had an event and they wanted, like Robert or somebody to come and tell them about how we did it, I don't, (laughs) they wouldn't mind, but they're out there doing it. (laughs) They're paving Mm -hmm. the way for us Mm -hmm. to have more, you know, rights and and equality, so. Mm -hmm. Well. There's still plenty of good times ahead yet. <laughs> okay, well, we've reached uh, the point where I'm going to take my first uh, pause, as they say, for the cause. Um, okay. If you're just joining us, um, we are talking about the Billionaire Boys Club with my guest Robert Tate, who's one of the founding members, and June Washington, who is most known as being the woman in the Billionaire Boys Club. And we will be right back. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. And we're back tonight talking with uh, Robert Tate, who is one of the founders of the Billionaire Boys Club. And if you weren't here for the first half hour, you missed hearing from June Washington, who was the only woman um, member of a Billionaire Boys Club. Robert, those uh, parties on at Christmas at your Boston Edison home were legendary. I can even recall once going on a tour of the Boston Edison district around Christmas, and one of the places they went was to your house because of, of the trees. Christmas. What was that? I mean, you know, how did that how did that come about? And I know that even now, when you have your Christmas party, many people still bring you an ornament. How did that come about? Well, uh, Christmas has always been a very special holiday to me. 
I I I go way out. I in, enjoy Christmas, and so every house I've been in, I would uh, decorate the uh, tree or trees, and I just got a joy, you know, out of doing it. But one year, um, I said I'm going to have a tree trimming party. And it was just so amazing that all the gifts that I got the first year. Of course, I didn't have no name tags or anything. I said, well, I can remember. When I opened that stuff up the following year, I didn't know one from another. (laughs) (laughs) But eventually I I got name tags. And I have uh, ornaments from uh, 2000. From the first one I ever gave up to today, I still have them ornaments with the name tags on them. Mm -hmm. So I really treasure the ornaments that my friends have brought me. I tease them uh, during the holiday. I said, I touched you. They say, what you talking about? I hung your ornament on the tree. And they say, oh, that's so special. But, yeah, I really treasure and I uh, just just love the different ornaments that uh, people have brought me throughout the years. That I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I was, like you said, I was on the home tour of the Boston Edison several times. And, oh, I would get the biggest kick out of it because I always said my house was the smallest house of the other mansions that was uh, being toured, but mine was the most memorable one. The uh, some of the because I would go work the tour and uh, guests who come every year they remember my my house from all the trees, but I just enjoy it, mm-hmm. and I do get started in October, but I might have to get started earlier since I got a little older. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's it sounds like entertaining is just in your blood. When you grew up, did your family entertain a lot? Oh, my, uh, they entertain a, a lot. And I used to always fantasize on television when you'd be watching the, uh, them old black and white movies where they would be dressed to the uh, five, you know, cocktail parties and everything. And so when I got old enough, I said, well, I'm going to entertain my own way. I can give that uh, ritzy, but I can do it on my level, and my level, you know, it it was good, you know, and I've been entertaining, I guess, for since 72, I've been entertaining, you know, my guests, and I've always told my friends from back then, wherever I go, y'all come along with me, and we're still together right today. Mm. I, I just like bringing people together. I guess well, that's why I entertain. Even though, like you said, um, the Billionaire Boys Club, you went from, like you said, you did a, used to do like a whole weekend, and then you started to like tone it back. I know you've often done the brunch for Hotter Than July consistently, but when did you de- recognize that, you know, like, you know, the Billionaire Boys Club was like, not shutting down, but but not as active, and then you started to move your efforts into Imagine This. 
Well, really, uh, as Hotter Than July grew, it was more promoters and people out there having events. And so we decided, since it was enough entertainment, we can scale back and just start doing our private dinners, our entertainment that we would do. We just done it privately. We didn't really open it up to the public. We just, you know, was very low-key. And every now and then we would do an, uh, a party, a Christmas party or something, and, you know, invite uh, a few people, quite a few people. But basically, we, you know, we just was amongst ourselves. And people were surprised that we're still together because they don't hear us out there. But we just like undertone. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's been a, a very nice ride. Tell me a little bit about Imagine This, because I know that you still do uh, Imagine This Productions. You're still doing a lot of things to benefit the community. So even though you're, the BBC isn't hosting this, you know, you've been able to turn some of that over to these other organizations and groups, but you're still reaching out to the community, supporting, helping the community through Imagine This Productions. At the year, uh, Imagine It's been in uh, existence for 17, uh, be 17 years this year, where the, uh, the BBC started doing private things. Imagine This went public, uh, community-oriented, and everything that Imagine This do is all community-oriented. And so, and they entertain. That's how they, you know, stay involved with the community through entertainment. From there, from uh, year uh, 2000 up to today, uh, Imagine This is very involved in Hotter Than July. And Imagine This picked up where they stopped doing the brunch and Hotter Than July doing the brunch. So we have never, we haven't missed a beat. For the uh, years that Hollywood in July been going on, it's always has been a Sunday brunch. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've um, had events that benefited other organizations. You've benefited Hollywood in July. Um, I know Transistors of Color. You've uh, done a benefit for that, and you've also been able been able to provide a venue for artists to display some of their work, some local artists. Oh, yes. Uh, I came up with this house. When I left Boston, Edison, I came over here on the east side. And uh, the house that I'm in is was for entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I seen the way, I said, well, an art gallery. And... Uh, Jason Michaels had suggested that, and I said, oh, that would be fantastic. And so we've done our third year this year, and each year has really been different. Uh, the venue, I, I call it the Charlevoix Gallery. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got, because I have a little catchy name, but it's my home, but I just... Uh, like entertaining, and, and the Charlotte Gallery have put on 
uh, several events and stuff. Uh, and people seem like they enjoy the space. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's just like giving back. That's all. Mm-hmm. It might well, not you, be much, but we give, you know, from well, our Well, you heart. can, but you're still that host, you know, because I've been to things that you've had there, and it's like you're still the host. You make sure the people are welcome. You're showing them around. I mean, so that part of entertaining, like you said, I mean, you still are bringing people together and building community through entertainment. So as you came towards, first of all, how many members of the Billionaire Boys Club are still with us? Ten. Ten. Uh-huh. It's ten of so, us, yes. Mm-hmm. So when it, you said like 30 years, did you say, hey, let's get the band back together? <laughs> you know, we've got to do something to, to note this. And what was the feedback from them? Did some of them go like, well, if you want to, that's fine. We're tired. Or were they like, yes, let's, let's celebrate this in big style? Well, we had uh, actually we had been planning this for a while because we had a, a 27th anniversary party here at the house, mm-hmm. and we was getting ready then. So we throw we had the uh, we just had a, a Saturday night uh, party, and the people came. It was very nice, and so we said, okay, we're gonna be ready for the 30th. And so we was planning back then, and it seemed like it got here so fast. Mm-hmm. And we really, everybody's all excited about the 30th anniversary because they well, can't surprise it's been, you know, that long. I know. Because I guess when, when you started out, I mean, you just started out having dinner parties, and then you went from that into where you're, you're a parter hotter than July. So... I mean, it's been like an evolution thing, but I, I imagine that when you start, stopped being as active in Hotter Than July, did you ever think that, you know, 30 years you would be celebrating this anniversary? I had no idea <laughs> that we would be celebrating 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But we we still strong as we were before. We still, you know get together and, and enjoy each other, fuss at each other. We're just one family now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, like you said, initially you weren't like close friends, you didn't all know each other, but now you're family. We're family, yeah. We're family. Mm-hmm. And I imagine and, that wasn't... And, you know, that, that, you know that, that, that have a lot to say that uh, friendship. Mm-hmm. In a in a in a club for that long, and everybody is still together. And I bet that wasn't. I mean, I mean, when you stop and you when you go back and you and you roll back and you think back in time, you know, it was like we're going to have these dinner parties and do that. Never, I mean, not going like you're going to develop this family, your BBC family that is going to be with you thirty years down the way. I mean, you know. We know people who haven't been together 30 years, you know. Right. And here, like you said, 30 years, and from 
people just having dinner to where like your family, your friends, you're still doing you, the work your way through entertaining. Right, right. You're absolutely right. So it, it's, uh, as long as we, uh, is, what we do is giving back to the community, we are uh, happy. It's just not a party to be part of. It's, it's a uh, have a purpose. When you started yeah. out, was that that was that part of the underlying thing about giving back to the community? Was that from the beginning, or when did that sort of like go from we're just having these dinner parties each month to like this should be something that we need to give back to the community? When well, did that really I, solidify? I would say when we merged with men of color. Mm-hmm. They were a, a a a group that was uh, started uh, community work and raising awareness of different things, and so that made us aware. We were just having a party in the first seven years or so. We were just you know anniversary weekend. Uh, we were just having a party, although we had parties. Every Sunday night, you know, we was just entertaining the community at that time. But when we uh, merged and started with men of color, uh, things uh, changed. So we had to start, we started doing stuff and we started giving, participating in a lot of the community uh, involvement that we did get into. And uh, so, so uh I really appreciate what men of color had a vision and started for it to still be going on today. Um, Harder Than July, I believe, is the oldest Midwest black gay pride. Um, And back then, to come together like you talked about how in 1996 it was BBC, it was a men of color, it was Caribou House, Ladies of a Current Affair. You were able to all sort of like come together and start collaborate on making this event that has gone on. Like I said, I mean, there have been some black prides that aren't there anymore. Um, but Harder Than July continues. In fact, I was talking with Earl Folks, who is uh, the CEO, it's now the Center for Black Equity, but it was the International Federation of Black Prides. And that's one of the things that he says that when he goes back and he looks, even though the work has changed, is that he looks back and from this group of committed individuals who came together and started Harder Than July, that here it is. And like I said, it is one of, it is the oldest Midwest black gay pride i mean that's something that you should be you know pat, give yourself a little pat on the back for but I, even I, though you know I, you were part of that uh, yes uh, uh the bbc's was part of that and it's it's just they were starting out not realizing how far it was going to go and it's uh still exists today our, our pride is it's probably uh, a lot different from the uh, 
other prides in different states because the, I think the other pr- uh, prides are more party-oriented. We are more business-oriented. And I think that's the difference between us here and them there. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, like, there is that part, um, and I've often had people say, like, when they come to the Highland July picnic, it's like a family reunion. And I do know, like, I've been to, I mean, at one point in time, I forget how many prides, they have more than one black pride in a number of cities. And like I said, some of them have just sort of gone by the wayside because there wasn't that sense of community. But that has stayed here in Detroit. You know, there's something about when you come back and people who come back here who were from here and left and come back here, it's because of that that Hotter Than July picnic. It's like a family reunion, that closeness that people have and they sort of see and the history of Detroit. That's that's so true. Uh, I'm hoping this year, uh, as people listen to your uh, show, that more of the people who started Pride come back and make it a family reunion because, you know, it's a whole three decades, three generations is uh, carrying on uh, the picnic. So that makes it so different to see the people that, in their 20s, when we was in our 20s, partying, carrying it on. So if the people who started come out, it would be a very nice, fantastic picnic. And I think that uh, a lot of people with the uh, club, BBC is doing their 30th anniversary. I think people might attend to get out a little more this weekend. When I say... uh, the, I don't want to say the mature <laughs> crowd, the one that don't go out much anymore, and they come out and participate in it, and that would just that would really be nice. Well, Robert, we're going so to I, take our, our uh, another short break, and, and and then I want to come back and talk about this year's hotter than July and the 30th anniversary. So um, we'll be right back. You're listening to Collections by Michelle Brown. And this week we're talking about Hotter Than July and the 30th anniversary of the Billionaire Boys Club that takes place this last weekend of July here in Detroit. We'll be right back. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now. And listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. So, Robert. Yes. All right. Harder than July is always, I mean, people say, well, what, what's the dates of Harder than July? I always tell me, you just have to remember, the last weekend of July <laughs> Hotter than the July. Last, the <laughs> last full weekend in July is always hotter than July. So no matter this, what the dates are. That's right, you it's know. The last full weekend. 
I mean, that's what I tell people. It's easier than any other pride. Black pride is, just remember that, and it's hotter than July. <laughs> I know a number of people who are coming. I was in Chicago for um, one of the black prides earlier this in July. Um, I know there are many people from there who go back and forth like, oh, yeah, we're coming to Detroit. So I am hoping, like, like you said, many people will either – come out to the picnic or come out and, and attend one of these events. So it looks like you have a full plate this year with BBC. A full plate. Uh, I know, with BBC's celebration. Um, so there will be the regular Hotter Than July things that go in, and people can go to, there's a uh, Facebook page. Um, you can, I believe, go to the LGBT Detroit uh, web page and find out all of the specific hotter than July events. But let's talk about what exactly is going to happen to celebrate this really amazing accomplishment of the Billionaire Boys Club, 30 years entertaining Detroit's LGBTQ African American community. What's happening? Well, uh, it's going to be a very fun weekend for us. We're starting our Friday night off at a place we have never done before. We always like to do a, a, the first, and this year is no different. Uh, we'll be going to uh, Menjo's for the first time, having our Friday night party there. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say night, it's uh, Friday evening is from uh, 6 to 11 uh, at Menjo's this, uh, during Hotter Than July. And Menjo's is right there near Palmer Park. Right around the corner. I would mm-hmm. say it's part of Palmer Park. Okay. And so we're excited to, uh, because, like I say, it's our first time. Mm-hmm. And we think it's going to uh, the people is going to have a good time, and we just going to celebrate uh, thirty years. So and will there be a theme of the part? Will there be a no, theme? It's, it's, it's no theme. No, mm-hmm. we don't have a theme. It's just uh, come party like a rock star. That's all <laughs> I can say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, party like a rockstar. I love that. Uh, and then that Sunday, we are doing our brunch at Granite City in the uh, Renaissance Center. Oh, I should say GM headquarters. We are uh, mm-hmm. doing our Sunday brunch there, and that's our first. Uh, doing the Sunday brunch there. So we're excited about, you know, having the brunch, being the first there, doing something. We're just all excited about it. All what thing time? I could say. That what would time be from uh, 12 to 3. And, and so in case people missed it, take out your pen and pencil and write that. It's Friday night at the Olympus Theater in the Minjo's Complex, which is in Palmer Park. It's actually at 928 West McNichols. And then on Sunday, it's the brunch at Granite Center in the GM Center or 
everyone calls it the Renaissance Center. So <laughs> that's just that. That's just it. You can call it what you want, but we know we're Renaissance Center. Um, now I'm not familiar with the Granite Center. Is that a uh, the Granite uh, where you're having? It? Is that a new place? Uh, that's uh, Granite City. Uh, Granite City. I, I guess it has been down there for a, a few years, and but it it will be my first mm-hmm. time having brunch there. It'll be a lot of our first. Mm-hmm. Time so we excited, but we heard we heard good things about it, and so we went ahead to go check it out. And it's a very nice space. Uh, they say the brunch is fantastic, and so we're going to find out that Sunday. The ten members of the Billionaire Boys Club be there, like shaking hands, yes. taking pictures. <laughs> Oh, well, I know we would be there. I hadn't thought about uh, shaking hands. We we do a lot of shaking hands and huggies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I guess it would be a lot of picture taking because it will be sort of like a reunion. This is uh, the uh, first time in a long time that uh, the BBC's done their Sunday brunch, although it's always been a Sunday brunch during Hotter Than July. But for the BBCs to do it, it's, it's, it should be nice. The BBC brunch is also the official brunch of Hotter Than July. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I just I, I run because I said, wait, not, there's not going to be two. I can only eat so much. <laughs> no, it, it's the official uh, Sunday brunch. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds exciting. And what, what uh, okay, now, do people need to get tickets in advance? Well, uh, yes. Uh, we hope that uh, it will be a sellout. Okay. Each uh, club member has uh, 10 tickets to sell. We, 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 we provided for 100 people. Mm-hmm. And each club member has uh, 10 tickets. And if anybody listening know any other club members, they could contact them. But I have sold my ten already, and I'm working on some of my other club members. I got to take some of their tickets. <laughs> they could go on. Uh, I guess if they go go on the BBC's uh, website or web page and inquire with uh, mm-hmm. one of my club members, Calvin Black, he could direct them in how to get a ticket. And I see so. that uh, that there's a Facebook page for the Billionaire Boys Club, BBC, D, BBC a Dinner and Social Club. That's the name of the, the Facebook page. And on it, it has information about the Friday soiree. <laughs> and there's a picture of, of you yourself. Yeah, so that, oh. that's going to be... Oh, see, so you've got to get lots of pictures, put them up there so people see, you know. Uh-huh, that'll be awesome. I think one of our uh, our secret uh, goals, was, yeah, it won't be a secret, but putting a documentary together for 30 years, I think that would just be fantastic to do, to put in the archives of the mm-hmm. community. So we we talking about that that project, and I think that would be mm-hmm. a nice project. Uh, and and who knows, maybe at one of the events, like if you you put it out there, like if people have pictures 
and things like that, you know, that they could contact someone who's there and say, hey, I've got pictures from an event that I went to, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you're going to have to have a picture event. See, you done, brought, you done started something. Mm-hmm. That would well, be amazing. Know, because often it's funny because I was talking to um, actually Jason, Jason Michael, and he was talking about um, he had had an event when his book came out, and he got there are a lot of people there, but he didn't get one picture from there. And you know that there's somebody who's out there who's got pictures. And I'm sure that a lot of your events, that there's somebody who's out there who has got pictures. Got a lot of pictures, mm-hmm. yeah. Where you could do like between a documentary, maybe a slideshow or something to have. But if anywhere, it needs to be chronicled and held on to because that's part of our history. You know, often Absolutely. when I talk, I tell people, you know, like, Black gay people, we're not all brand new. You know, we've been here. You know, we know we can go back to when Ruth Ellis was here, but we've been here and been contributing and a part of the community. And although there have been hard times, there have been times when we celebrated, we entertained, we lived really vibrant and alive alive lives. And so that needs to be chronicled and put someplace. I mean, you know, who knows? We might have to get with with LGBT Detroit and tell them that they need to have an archive of our community here in Detroit. Well, you know, I will mention that to them. (laughs) Hey, we're giving everybody work. (laughs) Uh, Get everybody involved. And and Mm -hmm. that's, you know, don't leave nobody out. You have to get, get the uh, people engaged that uh, an LGBT Detroit would be the perfect one to house it. It's our, it's our center, so, you know, that would be a, a great thing. But, um, well, Robert, I have so enjoyed talking to you. I want to thank you for that special surprise of getting June on on the show. But mostly, I want to thank you for all you've done for the community. You know, 30 years, you're still doing things. The fact that you're giving artists an opportunity to display their work, new artists, because I know at one of your things, there was someone who, it was her first show where she had her photography. And, and, and people bought it. And she was just like thrilled that you're giving them those opportunities to continue to host the brunch. I mean, I've been to a number of brunches where, and there you are, and being a part of the community. So you might not be doing dinner every month, but you're still there, and you're still showing that there's more than one way to be an activist. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you. Well, I thank you so much for uh, having me on your show. Uh, if It sounds good. I mean, you make me feel good all the accolades and everything, but I just do it because I want to do it. You know, I, I, I want my way of entertaining. I want to uh, give back in the way that I'm comfortable and, and stuff. So, But the community has just been wonderful to me, I would say, because I try to be, you know, very good to see my my people. You know, I don't get out to the clubs like I used to, but being uh, around uh, LGBT Detroit, it's the younger generations that 
to keep it going. And so with me being around the younger generation, that energized me, and then I get a chance to know who they are, the way they think, and then I can put my thoughts together and their thoughts together, and they can come up maybe with a, a group or uh, uh, something. I might be like to start uh, Imagine This Production, Inc., where it would involve the younger uh, generation and we entertain the city in a different way than they normally party. And I think mm-hmm. it could happen. One of my future goals is to uh, get them engaged in uh, a community uh, organization, a community club, and I think it would be successful. They, uh, because they party, they want things different, but if they don't have it, they used to do the same thing over and over. So when you can show them they can do something different, they would do it. That's because the art show, I, each one, it was a different group of, of people, and they were young people, and they all had a wonderful time. They bought art mm-hmm. and everything. They said, oh, wow, we don't go to places like this. So that let me know, okay, there's something there. Maybe we can uh, start a younger group to uh, get involved. And so I think that's what I'm going to try to do. You know, there's nothing wrong with being intergenerational. In our, I mean, we, I, uh, we can learn from them and they can learn from us and we can share ideals and lift the whole community up. Right. Well, well that, Robert. That is, you, you said it so well. Robert, mm-hmm. I, I will see you at both events. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I look forward to seeing you at Christmas. <laughs> well, well, you uh, know, uh, I'm going, you're going to have to come. Uh, it's a, uh, uh, an affair going on that Saturday, mm-hmm. our, rep- our, our appreciation reception is going mm-hmm. to be going on that Saturday. And it it should be fun. So I should be seeing you around. Well, you will. You definitely will. So okay. Uh, well, I want to thank you again. See, we have worked this. We worked this technology out. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly <We>, did. <laughs> we we worked this technology out, Robert. Well, thank you. I will see you. Um, I will see you at Hotter Than July. All right. I'm looking forward. Okay, well, you have a good evening. So, folks, if you picked up nothing else, just remember, Hotter Than July is that last weekend in July. Please be there and come down to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Billionaire Boys Club. They have a Facebook page. They will have a soiree on Friday, and that will be at the Olympus Theater, and the Minjo's Complex in Palmer Park. And on Sunday, the brunch at Granite City and the Renaissance Center. There is a Facebook page uh, that I'm sure that if you send a message through, somebody might have a ticket, but they only have 100 tickets for that brunch, so you better be contacting them immediately. But I look forward to seeing everyone for Hotter Than July when we again come together as a community. Until next week, this is Michelle Brown here on Collections by Michelle Brown. You can listen to us on Blog Talk Radio, 
Also, follow the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure and join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change. That's right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Good night.